listening to the Pasco Podcast with Mike Carvalho. Welcome to Season 3 of Pasco Podcast, a series about leadership and public service. We'd like to thank our sponsors, the nearly 600,000 people of Pasco County, as represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we're able to bring you this podcast. This podcast is designed to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the experiences of our peers. Hi, I'm Mike Carballa, and welcome to our 31st episode of Pasco Podcast. And welcome to hurricane season for the next six months. Here in Pasco, though, we have a dedicated team of professionals working year-round to help us plan for, respond to, and recover from any type of disaster, but especially severe weather, which we're no stranger to in the state of Florida. So joining us here today from our emergency operations team is manager Abe Phillipson and mitigation and planning manager Nolan Ristow. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us today. All right, thank you. Thank you for having us. Hey, so you both have very interesting backgrounds, right? And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you came to Pasco County. Why don't we start with you, Abe? Okay, well, um, my name is Abe Phillipson. I'm the operations manager for the Department of Emergency Management. Um, I started with uh, Pasco EM back in July. Uh, prior to that, though, I was a wildland firefighter for 20 years with the Florida Forest Service. Um, and with that job, it kind of took me all around the state, all around the country on wildland fire incidents. Um, you know, I was a part of the uh, Honor Guard. I was one of the head deans for our basic fire control training for the new cadets. Um, I belonged to a few incident management teams where I would travel the country on different wildfire uh, incidents and hurricane deployments and such. Um, and what brought me here was I finished my master's degree in June, and I was actually talking to uh, an ex-forestry employee, Kavika mm -hmm. Bailey, who works for Pasco County Parks and Rec. And he had said, wow, you finished your degree in emergency management. Um, you should look for a job here. It's a great place to work. Um, so I actually went on the website that day and the position I'm in right now was open. I applied and here I sit. So it, it's kind of weird how it all happened. It, it, it was very last minute, spur of the moment type of deal. And I had no intention of leaving forestry. And I'm soon, but you know, it, it, it was here. So I took it and, and jumped ship. Fantastic. You know, sometimes our best opportunities are the ones that find us exactly. versus, versus that. So any any interesting deployments that uh, that you had while uh, in the fire service? Uh, I find I, it fascinating. I, I have been in areas where, you know, we have been like in wilderness areas where you can mm -hmm. have no mechanized equipment. So you get helicoptered in. Uh, they drop you off. Me, the one that we had was in California. There was about 250 of us. I was a division supervisor, so I was kind of in charge of where we were at. Um, we had uh, Canadian super scoopers, which are large planes that they they fly over the water. They scoop up the water. They come make water drops. We had several hand crews out there, and our job was basically just to steer the fire away from, you know, uh, urbanized areas, right. push it into the wilderness, right. let the snows put it out. So we were pretty much, it was like castaway, you know, it, it, it's, it's, we, we dug our own latrines. Um, we had certain, you know, guidelines of how we were going to eat, how we were going to dispose of our waste. And, and it was, uh, basically off the grid, no cell phone signal. It, that part was nice, um, cut off from civilization. So it was, uh, that was one of my most more interesting ones. It was, it was, it just, 
you were just cut off from everything. And it was um, it, it was really, really a cool experience. Yeah, it could be sort of our worst case during a recovery. So we're glad we got you on the team here. <laughs> so uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that. Uh, Nolan, what about you? Yeah, um, I've been with emergency management for four years now. Mm -hmm. um, I started with the county in 2015 working in 911. Um, I did that for a few years. I was a fire rescue dispatcher for a few years. And um, during that time, I met some of the uh, emergency management mm -hmm. staff just day to day. And I decided, well, that's my goal. Um, so I uh, did my master's while I was working in 911 mm -hmm. and um, kept applying until I got a position over here. And been going along ever since. Well, glad, glad, glad you're sticking it out. You know, planning is so important, right? So hurricane season's only six months long, but mm -hmm. you're, like, like we said before, you know, year round, we're planning. In fact, I think going on right now, right outside this door, we've got our public works team going through some of their plans and mm -hmm. things like that and tabletop exercises. So that's, that's fascinating stuff. One of the things that struck me being in this role now, um, when Ian came through, it was very, very first thing right out of the shoot. It's almost like a hazing process, I think, for new county administrators <laughs> in this county. Um, you know, we had Ian, and one of the things that I just noticed is even when the evacuation orders, you know, get issued, and you know, you know, I, I worked with with Andy on that, and we we finally came to the conclusion of when to issue those evacuation orders. Uh, the level of complacency uh, that mm -hmm. that really really took place, and and that was on display too down in south mm -hmm. southwest Florida, right when Ian came through. A lot of folks wishing that they had and they didn't. Um, you know, we had such a close call with Hurricane Ian. Um, what do you? What would you say is the main message from emergency management uh, coming out this year that leaders should be sharing with with our employees, the public? Give us a little right. bit about that. You know, so the main message that we're trying to put out, and this comes from Director Fossa and, and the regional EM directors as well, is evacuate, evacuate, evacuate. Not hundreds of miles, tens of miles. You mm. know, we, what we saw in Lee County, and, and there's a really interesting uh, time-lapse video that shows the um, the surge coming in and, yeah, and going that. over the, yeah. you know, 20-foot mark of some of these buildings. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it was a really rapid surge. So, <clears throat> you know, it only comes in a few miles. You don't have to go 100 miles away. It, it's the water that we've got to get away from, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily the winds. Run from the wind, run from the water, hide from the wind, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, so basically that, that that's the message is simple. Just if, if the evacuation orders are given and you're in an area where you could be susceptible to storm surge, get out mm -hmm. and you don't have to run across the state. You know, you've got neighbors, friends, other acquaintances, a few miles down the road, just get out of the way of the water. And that's really the unified message that we're trying to put out in, in the entire state right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that unified message was on full display. You may or may not know, but we did kind of a first first ever um, tri-county workshop with all the various mm -hmm. elected officials. And Director Fossa was there, and mm -hmm. so were some of the other folks involved in emergency management from Hillsborough and Pinellas. And talked about just that right. you know look at look at what this this can do um and and let's not be complacent with things you know like you say you don't have to get away too far Correct. but it gets back to having having a plan right, right. Nolan. Correct. so i mean i'll kind of kind of kind of push push yeah. to you any anything to add to this the the only thing i'd add is um like you said make a plan now if mm -hmm. um a lot of people are able to sort of identify where they can go friends family members you know inland or in other parts of the state, make those arrangements now so that when a forecast comes in, you can you can just pull the trigger on it and get get moving early. Um, 
and then I'd always plan for the worst, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you if you wait too long with evacuation traffic, mm -hmm. things could get backed up. Um, so just do it as as early as you can. Mm -hmm. Make the plans now, and if if anything happens where you need to change your plan, maybe have a, a backup plan. Right? Are there are there links on emergency management's website to help people plan uh, resources or things that folks can use? Yeah, so on our website, um, all of our evacuation zones are listed. Mm -hmm. um, we have a disaster guide online, um, and on on those maps, you'll also see the disaster or the evacuation routes. Right, so that's mm -hmm. the quickest way to get mm -hmm. inland or north if if you need to go north. Gotcha. So you can you can plan now. So when the time comes, you already know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I and I push the same message to our employees because every employee that works for the county is is essential. And you know, as we stated at the beginning, right? It's 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 always that recovery operation that's really where the heavy lifting is yeah. is going to be concerned. So it's important that our employees have plans, mm -hmm. right? It's important that uh, that we we take all this seriously. And it's like anything. It's like putting the storm shutters up, right? We we mm -hmm. we may complain about it, and if the hurricane misses us. Fantastic. All amounts that little bit of effort, right? right but exactly. you know, that little bit of effort can make a huge, huge difference, whether it's securing your property or or being available to to help help the public and and, and respond to the right. emergency. So uh, appreciate all of that. You know, uh, Nolan, maybe I'll direct this one to you is a lot of people don't see what goes on behind the scenes uh, year round. Can you touch on some of the important work that you do and your team does uh, to help us uh, that folks may not may not even know about? Yeah. So year round, we are making or updating our emergency plans. Okay. Right? Um, we're in the middle of a five-year process of updating our comprehensive emergency management okay. plan. Um, and everything that goes into planning, response, recovery, mitigation, all of those we need to plan in the future. Mm -hmm. um, so we go step-by-step step through each function that needs to happen during a hurricane. Mm -hmm. And we write plans for those. Um, as you mentioned right outside, we are doing a tabletop exercise where, okay, we have a plan. Now we need to practice using it, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we um, exercise those plans throughout the year as well. That mm -hmm. way everyone's up to date on their roles, their responsibilities. And if there's any issues with the plan, Hopefully we can find it while we're all in the same room and nothing bad is happening. Right. Uh, so we can revise that before something actually. Yeah. I mean, a lot of folks up. probably just don't realize that, you know, like our public works guys, they're generally out there right now, uh, clearing right away, taking mm -hmm. care of taking care of those different things. But uh, when a storm happens, our roles flip. And mm -hmm. so practice makes perfect, but it's also right. kind of helps get the get the rust off the wheels a little bit, if you will. So that way folks remember what their roles are and, and do that. So glad glad you guys are doing that kind of stuff. That's that's important. Uh, anything to add to that, Abe? Yeah, you know, um, you know, some of our staff, uh, the ones that, you know, fall under myself, um, you know, I have a coordinator who's a special needs coordinator and her job mm -hmm. year round is to maintain a list of, of nearly 2000 Pasco residents who are considered special needs. And what that means is, you know, during an evacuation, they may may need to be on oxygen. They may need transportation. They may need um, assistance from like a, a healthcare provider. So that list is maintained yearly. It goes into a database that way when an evacuation order is given, 
you know, we have our Go Pasco, we have Fire Rescue. Mm -hmm. They assist in transporting these mm -hmm. residents to either the Fasano shelter or to Wiregrass Ranch High School, which is our two designated special needs shelters. And, and that's a heavy lift, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that has to start. You know, we start planning that now and it's maintained year round. All she does all year long is make sure that list is up to date and gets a hold of the residents and, and make sure the information hasn't changed. Um, another one of the staff, they, they work on um, ensuring that the uh, comprehensive emergency management plans for all of our medical facilities and um, ALFs are, are up to date. You know, it's mandated by the state that they have this, but we also assist in in checking them, making mm -hmm. sure they're correct, making sure they're having the proper training needed because in the event of, of a storm, you have we have over a hundred medical facilities in the county that need to evacuate if they're in an evacuation zone. Ban at Point Hospital is one of those. That's a huge task. So, you know, behind the scenes, our staff are working year round on this sort of stuff, um, which before I got here in July, I had no idea. You know, I knew I, I knew there was a, a lot of stuff going on, but I wasn't aware of how much went into the planning process mm -hmm. in preparation for not only hurricane season, but everything else that that comes our way in the state. So it, it's uh, it's a lot of work year round. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And and you were kind of instrumental in helping lead. You know, we talk about even even <clears throat> learn lessons learned from from storms. You know, we we talked a long time about sheltering after yes, after we did. Ian and, and a lot of the <laughs> things that what went right and what what could be better. Yes. And you know, you kind of you kind of took the lead on that and helped. You know, so we've we've worked with our school board partners to. Re revamp that. Yes. And so, you know, there's there's a lot of those things that just you, folks just don't realize are going no. on out there just to make sure that well, we got to pull that trigger because it's it's fast. It's a yeah. quick flash to bang, right? Absolutely. All right, cool. Uh, let's talk about leadership in the emergency management field. So, you know, we always talk about people purpose performance and 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 that that leadership model is is done us well here in the county. Any uh, any applications in, 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 I'm sorry, applications in your emergency management field um, and maybe some some diversions, I guess, based on situational leadership too? You guys care to comment on that? So one thing I learned in my background is, is, is boots on the ground, mm -hmm. you know, field work while in fire, mm -hmm. you know, kind of you, you need to, you need to do this, you need to follow this or else bad things can happen. Right. Um, coming here, that role flips a little bit mm -hmm. because now you're working, I'm working with people that um, don't necessarily come from that background. So my mindset had to change a little bit. Um, but what I've learned is, you know, it, 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 it's still the same. One thing that I've been involved with, with within my leadership is leader's intent. And within leader's intent, you have a task, purpose, and an end state. And that's right. how we do things in the Wildland Fire Service. Mm -hmm. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. And this is what has, this is what needs to look like when you're done. And the leader's intent is provided because if there is a leadership vacuum, mm -hmm. you know, out in the West, you have bad reception. You don't always talk to, you know, there's, you lose communication. So if leadership isn't there, the mm -hmm. crews know what to do mm -hmm. as long as they follow within the purview, purview that you've given them with task, mm -hmm. purpose, and end state. So for me, you know, I, I'm still learning how, you know, our, our leadership values are with the county. It, that, mm -hmm. you know, that's new to me, mm -hmm. um, but I've walked in with what I know and it really blends into what we're doing with the county, mm -hmm. just different verbiage. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that was, you know, looking at, at, at the county as kind of an outsider, I think what we have set up here is great. I think the EM department is set up, you know, very well as far as we, we know how leadership 
is we know the expectations that mm -hmm. you know the county administrator yourself and and the board of county commissioners expect of of our department um and, and it's set up in a way to where we're able to perform that um so that's just kind of my outside perspective because i haven't been here but 10 months right so i'm still learning <laughs> you know our leadership processes so yeah yeah well a lot of it a lot of it uh, a lot of it like you say it, it blends well and, and correct you know uh, as we've talked in other podcasts sometimes your leadership style has to adapt based on this you know on the on the situation i know in emergency management it's sometimes kind of like herding cats you've got a lot of responsibility <laughs> right but no you know you don't run the public works department yet they are a critical critical asset in in ensuring recovery operations are, are done well so right. i mean you know as as a planner and trying to pull this kind of stuff stuff together nolan maybe comment a little bit on on kind of what you what you got to do to get these things in, in order so a, a big part of it for me is um you have to be able to listen to your counterparts and mm -hmm. and trust their experience because like you mentioned i'm not a, a public works expert i don't really know how all the drains work and everything, but there are a lot of people that do. Uh, so part of my job is um, knowing who to reach out to and trusting their expertise on how to respond to a specific need mm -hmm. and that they can, them and their crews can handle it. And then I just help tie everything together. Um, because one of the biggest issues that anyone has during an emergency is communication. Uh, so the, the coordination part of my job is probably one of the most um, important parts of my job during an actual um, emergency. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. It certainly is. Well, we thank you guys for that. Um, let's talk about uh, leaders in your industry who've influenced your your leadership style, or just any leader in that in that in that regard. Um, well, well, for me, it, it um, 2011 sticks out. Okay. Um, the uh, the agency, the Florida Forest Service, they brought in a a former employee of the agency by the name of Jim Perry uh, recently passed away last year. Um, he retired from the agency in the early 2000s. Well, they, they brought him in as a consultant uh, to kind of take a look at, you know, what could the agency do to improve, you know, morale and performance. And, mm -hmm. and he was close to the agency. He was very well liked. So they brought him in. And in my meeting with him, he was discussing, asking me questions of where do you want to be and, you know, how do you want to, to your, your career to advance with the agency? And, and I told him I'd like to eventually, you know, get up into, you know, some of the higher management positions. And, and he asked me about education. I said, well, I, I started my AS degree in emergency management. I quit when I got this job in, in fire because I didn't have time to do school, mm -hmm. had a family and everything else. And he looked at me and he said, well, you need to make time. You need to finish that. I'm like, okay. You know, so I just kind of blew it off, went home, talked to the wife and, and she kind of looked at me and she's like, well, I think this is good for your kids. You know? Mm -hmm. So I, a year later went to school, tuition reimbursement to the state, finished my AS degree. And then I kept moving forward. Uh, I got my bachelor's in public safety. And then I just kept on moving until I finished my master's in emergency management. Um, and what he said to me just stuck. He said, make time. Mm -hmm. And all the time I was doing this, I was still going out West. I was gone for months at a time, going to kids' soccer games, still having vacations, always had a laptop with me, always doing homework. Um, and, and if you ask my family right now, they'd probably tell you they wish I'd go back to school because I've got a lot of free time on my hands and I'm driving them crazy. Um, but that just stuck with me. Yeah. You know, when he, he just looked at me and said, make time. And yeah. I was like, wow. So 
I've had a lot of leaders in my in, in my career, but that's just Jim. Mr. Perry was um, someone that was just he he's the one that pushed me to where I am right now by just nudging me saying, go do it. And then everything lined up to where I'm sitting right now. So it's really amazing when you think about it. Yeah, it's fantastic, you know, to get a leader in your life that wants you to be better, be a better version of, of you and, and recognizing your potential and, mm -hmm. and trying to cultivate that is fantastic. Same with the make time and make time applies across the board. Right, yeah. We can get so buried in the day-to-day -day trivial details. Like we, mm -hmm. we always have, we have a saying about working in the business versus working on the business. Right. And and various at various points in your career, the amount of time you spend in the biz business versus on the business changes. Absolutely. It, it changes. And so making time to do what's important at whatever stage you're in in your career or your life is important. Great, great advice. Fantastic. Well, well we're, glad he, uh, we're glad he impressed that upon you. Yeah. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Nolan, how about you? Um, I I came into the county at kind of a pivotal time mm -hmm. um, back in 2015, uh, where a lot of effort was put into evaluating processes and mm -hmm. trying to improve everything. Um, so when I started in 911, I actually started the day after one of their first SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm. um, so they had looked through everything that was happening at the time, all the processes structure by structure, and they found ways that they needed to improve them. Um, so I've kind of kept that with me throughout all my different positions here. Um, not to be complacent with something just because it barely works or you right, can get something right, done right. when you can be um, trying to improve your processes and get a better result at the end because of the work you're doing now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and leadership is is about innovation, driving change, and uh, and and getting in there and not accepting the status quo for right. for what it is. It's very easy for us to do that in government. Government has a uh, has a, it's it's a um, the momentum is, yeah. is, it's is, easy is in, tough to build up sometimes. Yeah, it's but. easy in emergency management. Mm -hmm. um, you can look at other similar counties that may be in a transitional period as far as population goes. Right. And some of them are, you know, this is what we have and it's worked. And some other counties are trying to adapt to changes. And um, I think throughout the state as things keep happening, um, you'll kind of see the, the benefit for each as yeah. time goes on. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, in your in your industry and given the nature of your work, any uh, unique uh, leadership challenges that you faced and, and how did you overcome them? I'll start with this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so <laughs> ready, to, ready to go here, I like since, it. <laughs> since I was talking about change, yeah. um, that's one of the biggest challenges. Um, I, I mentioned earlier, we're doing our comprehensive emergency management plan is on a five-year cycle. It's mm -hmm. updated every five years. Um, Pasco County, even five years ago, is pretty different than Pasco County today. Just I agree. Um, almost across the board, everything is quite different. So adapting to those changes, even in the planning stage, is um, it's a big challenge. And and trying to do it each year instead of waiting five years mm -hmm. is probably the the best way to go. But even um, addressing any of the changes can have a cascading effect on all the other plans, right? If we need to plan to have more shelters available, um, worst case scenario, then that impacts our transportation plan. It impacts all of our other operation plans. Correct. It pulls people away from 
from other functions. So uh, just keeping up with change is probably the the most difficult part. Fantastic. Any any lessons for how you've been able to successfully adapt to that? I think being more proactive okay. is um, the best thing we've found, both with operations and planning. Gotcha. Um, trying to do things ahead of time to maybe mitigate impacts before they even happen. Mm. Um, and then when you're planning, you have to plan with the future in mind instead of the present. So if the current trend says that the population will continue to grow, you should plan for that now instead of right. waiting until the next census. You yeah, know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. Thank you. Abe, something to add. Yeah, and you know, Nolan went over the process. So I'm going to kind of go over the people. You know, I, I think there's a, um, uh, and it's not a bad challenge, it's a good challenge, but, you know, the field of emergency management, you know, you go back 20, 30 years, was primarily filled with, you know, fire, police, military, uh, people who have retired coming into a new career. Mm -hmm. um, they already understand the boots on the ground. They've been in the field. Right. They know how right. it works. And today, you know, the pendulum has swung to academics. You know, so academic is extremely important. You know, I, I did it midway through my career, um, but we have a lot of people that are, you know, getting their education and then getting into the workforce, then getting into emergency management. So there's a balance because, you know, they, they've, they've got the education, but the experience may or may not be there depending on what they've done. So that can be challenging. It's a good challenge because it's also bringing in a fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. you know, those of us who've been in the field for 20, 25 years, we've done the same thing. And, you know, and it's like, okay, well, this is how it needs to be is how it's always worked. Right. But the younger generation, I've got a 27 year old daughter and a 14 year old son, and they're trying to tell me how to change things. And I'm like, eh, but they're right. You know, so for me, it's being receptive. And I think the EM field across the country, it's being receptive to the to the younger generation coming in because we're not going to be here forever sure. and we've got to get them ready for it. So uh, it's been a strong push on academics and college, which is good. Um, but just understanding that some of them may not have the field experience, you know, we need to embrace that. And, and that's one thing that um, that, that Director Fossa does is we have pushed people out into, you know, assignments, the Kentucky flood assignments, mm -hmm. Lee County assignments, <laughs> other um, disasters that have happened. We're pushing our people into the field to get that experience. So recognizing it, but then also acting on it, you mm -hmm. know, so it, it's the people in the process uh, is really where it's at. And, and it's, it's, it's moving in the right direction. It really is. Yeah. So it kind of sounds, it kind of sounds like to me, like we're, we're, we're moving from something that was, sounds like a retirement gig or, or something that yes. while first responders had a lot of the skills, it's, it's transforming into a profession where we're looking more at, at, at education and looking at a lot of lessons learned. And yeah. I think that that only benefits the industry. It benefits, uh, it benefits the, the citizens when it comes to protecting yes. us. And, and, and again, Florida is just, we're seeing it. I'm just it's mm -hmm. it's not a it's not an if question. It's always a when question, and, and we're seeing more and more of that. Well, in the college is important. People, yeah. you know, you learn professional writing. I mean, we're having to write plans, absolutely, and, and those plans, you know, can't look they, they can't be written poorly. You know, mm -hmm. this is this is a public document. We're uh -huh. trying to get people to you know jump on board and, and embrace this. So mm -hmm. you know, that's that's 
it's very important. So the college portion of it is extremely important. So that's that's nice lead into the next question I wanted to ask is, you know, as we we continue to grow and, and look for for qualified folks to work in this industry, uh, what is it? What qualities are you guys looking for in in folks uh, for them to come come join this awesome team? I think more than anything, I'm looking for somebody who can um, adapt. I probably uh -huh. said that a, a few times already, but um, somebody that can take a, like Abe said, an educational mm -hmm. background and adapt it to be functional in a in a local government. Um, it can be hard to do. It's a it's a it's a unique skill to have a, a knowledge base based on academic learning and yeah. transition it into yeah. something, mm -hmm. you know, functional right now. Um, so we really look at people who are m either multifaceted or are really interested in um, continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the, the biggest things that I look for. Gotcha. Gotcha. Adaptability and then that, that curiosity and, right. and desire to, to continue to, to grow and, and be educated. Abe? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's, um, it's, it's difficult. It, it can mm -hmm. be very, very difficult mm -hmm. because when people go through the application process, you know, there's minimum standards for certain positions. Sure. And sometimes, you know, you've, you've got to weed through applications. Um, but it's important to, to look at all of them. And I would say for someone who's wanting to kind of to get into this, you know, you've got to stand out. You know, if you don't have the education, Show where you have the boots on the ground. Show where you've volunteered in, in in disaster management, and disaster response, or have a strong back background in planning, or a strong mm -hmm. background in training and teaching. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, it, it you have to look for those qualities, and and you only have a sheet of paper sometimes to go by. Yeah. Um, but collectively, you know, we we do that, and we look at all of those uh, very closely. Um, and then, you know, it, it's you also have to look at, are they going to mend well with the group? Mm -hmm. You know, we have, a, we have a very interesting dynamic in, in the EM, and it's great because everybody feeds off of each other. It works really, really well. So that's another thing. You know, you want to make sure that whoever you're bringing in is going right. to mesh well with the group. So it, it it's challenging. And, and the, comp the field right now is so competitive um, with so many people with experience and education and um, competing with the private sector, you know, it, it's very hard. It's very, very hard uh, to find that individual. But I mean, that's that's part of what that's part of our job is to, yeah. to find those people. Yeah. So no, that, no, that's that's great advice. I mean, there's there's a lot of folks out there that I think are, are looking to looking to join this type of field. And so you, you, you've got some good stuff. Are there any questions that I should have asked you that I didn't ask you guys today before I get to the unscripted questions? No, no, I'm pretty good with that. So. No, <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's let's uh, let's do a few rapid fires here. Uh, Abe, favorite dessert? Oh, um, Italian ice. Nice, Nolan. Tiramisu. Tiramisu. I'm with you. Yeah. Good job. All right. If you had to change your first name, what would it be? I like Abraham. I mean, that's my name. Yeah, I like it. But if I had to change it's the OG it, of names, isn't it? I'll uh, Wolfgang. 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 Sweet. I'd pick Abraham. Abraham. Look at that. <laughs> All right. Well, that's awesome. Uh, good spy code name if you were a spy. Uh, hmm. Captain America. Love it. Can't tell you. Can't tell you. Because <laughs> he's a spy. Yeah. Fair enough. I like that. Cats or dogs? Cats. Cats. Ah, oh, wow. guys, guys, guys. <laughs> Would you rather travel to the past or the future? Ugh. Future. Wow. 
I'm so interested in history, it'd be the past for gotcha. me. Gotcha. Gotcha. Past. Gotcha. Uh, uh, cannonball or dip the toe in the water? Oh, cannonball. Uh, dip the toe in. Yeah. No, yeah. Strong swimmer. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going back out. Jumping right in. It's all good. Well, that's that's fantastic. Well, Wolfgang, Abraham, thanks for being here today. Uh, it was great to have you both. And special thanks to our media relations team who makes this effort possible. And thank you for joining us for this episode of Pasco Podcast. I'm Mike Carballa. See you next time. more information on Pasco County government, please visit mypasco.net and check us out on Facebook and Twitter.